Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, you are in for a very powerful episode. We are speaking with business mentor, Laura Menard. Laura is the co-founder of the largest business mentorship program in the country for nurse coaches. She is a medical freedom advocate, a financial freedom advocate, and believes in the ability to create one's own reality. This is a really powerful episode. Because Laura shares openly how she struggled in her earlier challenges, including overcoming addiction, bankruptcy, and founding and creating her mentorship program. And we we talk so much about the different chapters of our life and how we all have moments of falling backwards, how we can receive the support from mentors and the importance of mentors in her own life and business. And she openly shares her story. We dive into the topic of shame and how shame is truly arrogance and how we are giving it far too much power and how we can shift this by finding a human that we can trust in being non-judgmental with us and how we can be that non-judgmental person for others. Because honestly, the truly the birthplace of changing any story and stepping into truly who we are meant to be is by letting go of shame, changing that story, deciding that you are worth it and that you are here to do some incredible, incredible, powerful work because you are, you know that you are, that's why you're listening to the show. And we decided as I listened to her talk so much, she openly shares like the fall from grace and how we do this fall from grace in order to rise and show others what is possible. And that's exactly what Laura has done. You're going to absolutely love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Laura. I am thrilled to have this conversation with you. Awesome. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So we have somebody in common who is going to be editing and listening to this episode. Um, My friend Sue reached out and said, you definitely have to reach out and ask Laura to be (laughs) a guest. So I was like, all right, perfect. Let's go. And this is the beautiful thing is, is that I do get a lot of different pitches, but when somebody says to me, this is somebody, I was like, yeah, let's just have a conversation. So I am thrilled to do this deep dive with you today. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait. I I don't get to be a a guest as often and I say no more than yes. So it's Mm -hmm. actually nice to be the guest today. It's actually nice to be the guest. It's a very different energy when you're a host, right? You're so used to prepping and all these things, but now you just get to show up and be you. So I, there's so many pieces to your story that I want to dive into. And I think it is like, where do we start? When I look at your notes, the one thing that hits me, and I freaking love this, 
is you said like the more rather better let's go and ask questions because it's important that we show people you know what the whole story looks like because a lot of people will look at like you today or me today and say oh i wish i had that well that might be chapter 20 40 50 and they might be a chapter one, which there's nothing wrong with chapter one. We've all yeah. been in, in that space. So I would love it if you would share whatever chapter you're on today, because we're going to go backwards. Oh, okay. Gosh. Oh, I'm in a cool chapter. Mm-hmm. I am in, it's, it's, I have two, two calls today with my personal coaches. So I've already been deep in reflective mode of, of mm-hmm. what am I, what chapter am I in? What am I struggling with? What am I, what am I winning in as well? And I'm in a chapter where I'm I'm earning more than I ever thought I would mm-hmm. and navigating how to be with that in an integrous way um and and in a, an abundant way. So for example, I'm contemplating taking my family on vacation this summer. Everybody, so like 16 people for eight eight nights, I'll pay for the rental house for us all to go. And I'm looking at rental houses and there's ones that are two blocks from the beach and there's ones that are on the beach and the Mm -hmm. ones on the beach, it would be about 30,000. And I started to have the thought, like, that's, that's what I really want. Like, I really want my, my two sets of aging parents in Mm. their seventies to be able to put the kids to bed and go walk and lap our feet in the water while we drink a glass of wine and sit by the fire. And that's worth $30,000 to me. And then dealing with my husband going, yeah, but that's also half of a down payment on a rental property and we could grow our wealth. Mm. Oh, what an interesting experience because I think we we have to plan and like look yeah. at how to grow our wealth. And I also think we have to live. Yeah. And yeah. who wrote the book on that? Like when you're, this is new to you, your new reality where your entire life was paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And then I'm in my mid forties and this is my reality. Uh, it's like, okay, how do, how do we be? And I like to give too. I like Mm -hmm. to donate money. I like to tithe Um, this question of how do I be? I don't have any family or friends to ask. Mm -hmm. It has, I have to find other people I trust to have these conversations with because Mm -hmm. these aren't uh, questions that any of them have had to answer before. And um, I don't want to brag about it. I'm just very honest about where I am financially. And um, I empower my clients to get here financially as well. So part of my work is, well, eventually my clients will be asking me these questions and I'll be able to, from experience, help them navigate how to be mm-hmm. with financial success. Mm. So you have, you just said earlier, you have mentors that you reach out to. I strongly, I don't know where I'd be without mentors to be completely uh, uh, honest. Yeah. I honestly don't. And it's so funny because a lot of people will say, like, they think of using a mentor when there's a problem. And it's like, no, the part of mentorship is to, you know, navigate those bumps before they become the huge problems. Um, So you have people you can ask, but this is also very an internal decision where you have to, you have to make that decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And and it's funny because a lot of people might hear that and go, oh, what a nice problem to have. This is the whole point of the show is I love the real, like I want to show where you're at now because it puts in perspective all of the growth that you've done. And if we, one thing that hit me when you were talking is that we talk about, okay, say I'm on this chapter right now. When we move forward in chapters, it doesn't mean we ever don't have steps back, right? That we don't ever have moments. And I would just love if, 
there's something about that that resonates with you. If you could share a little bit, you know, because I don't want people to think it's always only a straight line forward. Mm. Right? The more we grow and we put ourselves into these situations, we're going to have to dig in and use our own tools in order to be able to keep moving forward, right? Because life is always coming at us. Yeah, life does not stop lifing. No. And um, it's interesting because I, I call it like my emotional home. So I, my emotional home right now is mostly joy, excitement, um, motivation. It's mostly positive things mixed in with a little bit of anxiety mm-hmm. uh, and depression. So that's kind of where I'm I'm living right now. And I recently just had something happen that really hurt me. And I'm not going to go into details, but it was, it's, it's the details would, the whole thing would get lost. But essentially I saw something in my inbox, my stomach dropped. It hit me deeper than I thought that it should have. Mm -hmm. And I spent that entire day in and out of tears. Um, And very painful, like extremely painful and didn't really have that many people I could talk about it with. Most people would say that's a nice problem to have. Isn't that, and it's so sad in a way because that is a, that's a first reaction for a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure I've done it myself. Right. It's me too. Re- yeah. Right. It's a first reaction. Um, so how do you navigate when you have those moments and you don't have people that you can, you feel comfortable reaching out and asking for? How do you maintain where you're at, honor where you're at, right? Because we still have to allow ourselves to feel and then continue to move forward. I don't know. I don't know that I could. And I think that in different chapters, the chapter that that I'm in right now is I will always have a mentor and I have a mentor for my business and I have a mentor for myself um, privately too. Always. I love that. And when we hired our mentor, our business mentor this year for our company, mm-hmm. we were killing it. Like it, we were not having any, there's no problem. It was more of like, we had come to end with our our last one mm-hmm. and we don't do this thing alone. We want someone who's done this before on, on call. Like we want them at any moment we can reach out to them. And a lot of it is is cool decisions. Like, Hey, we have excess money. Should we be investing? Should we be growing? Should we be taking a break? Like mm-hmm. what, what do we do at this point? And so I don't know that you can do it without mentors. I'm such a, an advocate for that. Uh, I will always 10% of my income will always go towards coaching and mentorship. See, I love that. And I think that I just read something the other day and it was that, you know, if, if, and it was a very successful coach, but she said, I will not invest in a coach that doesn't have a coach. Yeah. And, and, and many people were slamming her for it. I knew what she meant. Like I knew what, she, yeah. I knew what she meant. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a sales pitch or it was a, you know, just a genuine, she goes, because if my coach is not interested in growing themselves and catching their blind spots, there's no way they can help me. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I love that you shared that. Um, and I think that that is really important now at this chapter here, what does work look like for you? Like how much, how, how, what's your work-life balance? What does that situation look like for you? It's so funny because it's it, on paper, it's so easy and not a lot. Uh, so I, I just moved to the East coast from uh, Pacific standard time. So my day used to start really early and end really early. And then I hung out with my kids after school and went to the gym after school. And now most of my calls don't start till noon. So I have this whole 
pre part of my day from 5 a.m. till noon, where Mm -hmm. I'm with my family for three hours before school, take the kids to school, uh, go to the gym, do some personal stuff. And then my workday starts and my workday ends about five. So I work 12 to five Monday through Thursday. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that some Sundays I don't come into my office and do like five hours of manic creativity stuff? Manic creativity. Sorry, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yes, but that is, I don't have to do that to make money. So to to maintain, I have to work four days a week, 20 hours a week to maintain. Nice. Um, and then I have a retreat coming up next week. So we're a little more out of balance leading up to the retreat. Um, so events, so I'll get a little bit out of balance, but then I will counterbalance that with a, a week off. Mm-hmm. So I try to take one day a week off, one week a month off, and one month a year off. One day a week off, one month, one week a month off, and one month a year off. Yes. I love that. And that was from our our last business coach. In uh, that blew our minds. We're like, yeah, uh huh. Yeah. That's that is it. That's why be self employed if we don't create uh, create a, a, a reality like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that my job is to hold space for humans, and so I need more time to hold space for myself. I can't work five days a week and be effective. No, because, and this is a, this is such a key piece, right? I I say it all the time, but you can't take your clients where you haven't done with yourself. You can't support your clients if you're not supporting yourself. And sometimes that requires more time, more energy, and that's okay, right? Like that's okay. But if you build in those blocks, I think your chance, I'm making a very big, guess here, your chance of burnout is much less because you are tuning in regularly. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I've had burnout um, creep in and that's just, that's intolerable to me now because it's literally what I help people with. So the Mm -hmm. minute I have moments of burnout and that could look like dread to do a coaching call, which I just don't have. Mm. So awesome. That's so yeah. And, and so if, if that creeps in, then I get to take a look and see, well, that's a symptom of what I've been doing the last two months. It's not today or it's not because it's that time of the month. It's the last two months I've been out of balance. And that's been a lot of course correcting as well. And honesty with my mentor of like, is, is it really going well or am I just BSing myself? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that, being self-employed and being burnt out is just an archetype that is over it's glamorized. Isn't it glamorized? It's so it is so glamorized that I have to do it all. Mm-hmm. And even in the case of having to do it all and doing things that aren't income producing, aren't fulfilling, right? They're not fulfilling. They don't they don't light you up. So it's it becomes really clear of okay, am I what am I actually doing this for? What is this actually for? But that also requires some hard conversations with ourselves. And honestly, some people don't even like to do that. When that comes up, it's like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I was the queen of I'm fine. Like, I'm like, totally. No, I'm fine. It's all good. I would say it's all good. And it wasn't until I was on retreat, honestly, in October, when my roommate and dear friend said to me, she goes, are you open for some coaching? And I'm like, yep, because I, I mean, I can't, you have to be in that space. And she's like, you saying all good all the time, it's not all good. And it's okay that it's not all good because you can't change anything if you're not seeing it. And it was such an eye-opener. So I love I love that you're sharing that. Yeah, my husband's the king of that. It's always all good. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also like, it's two things at once. I'm really into this phase where 
realizing that everything's a freaking paradox and and we're always mm-hmm. two things at once. And so the the mantra of just be grateful for what you have. Yeah. Okay. I'm grateful for what I have and it's I would prefer something different and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm constantly evaluating my preferences because right now life is pretty damn good and I'm allowed to prefer things to be slightly different or slightly better. Mm. I love that. I love like, that. And that's the difference between like, and I like the word preference because preference is nice. It's like when we get offered a nice dinner. Well, I like ranch dressing, but I would prefer Italian. Both mm. are great. But if you're asking me, God, universe, whatever, like, yeah, I would prefer ranch. I like ranch. It's better. And so I think that that holding preference for how we want our life to feel, look, and be is mm-hmm. is okay to do while we're also in deep gratitude for where we are in the chapter that we're in. Mm. That's so powerful. Now, have you always been somebody who can speak their preference and say what they want? No, no, I'm a recovering people pleaser for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, my, my, uh, I've been through abusive relationships, abusive employment situations. So no, this is very new. Yeah. Well, good for you. Five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that you're showing people that you can change, like you can change this story. You can change this narrative because I can't even, I get blown away by the number of people pleasers. It's not my typical trait, but it does show up for me. It definitely does show up for me. Mine, I'm the fighter that I'm like, I'll just do it by myself. Like it's do it by myself. <laughs> you know, you. <laughs> where people pleasing shows up for me still. And I, I ask my clients this. I'm like, do, are you ever like somewhere crowded and someone bumps into you and then you go, oh, I'm sorry. Like, sorry for standing in the spot that I was in that you came into. Like there's these like small or like someone will say, hey, Laura, are you are you thirsty? I'll go over to their house. Are you thirsty? My in, my my instantaneous instinct is like, no, I'm fine because I don't want to bother them. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, yeah, I'm actually thirsty and tea would be better. I'm I'm cold. Can I make myself some tea? Which is like I, I practice that all the time of actually saying what I need and want instead of I'm fine and oh I'm sorry. It's oh there. of course it's always there. Of course yeah. it's always there. Um, I just want to highlight one thing that you just said there because I just heard this the other day on a podcast and it was like if you're in a space that you know things in your life and your business are not the way that you want them to be, then if you were in a restaurant or if you're at a friend's house, could you ask for what you wanted? Because mm-hmm. if you can't do it there with the small things of, can I have tea? Could I have water? Could I have this? If you can't do it there, you're going to have a really hard time asking for in the bigger areas in your life. Yeah. Good. That's great. That's a I, great I just Yeah, no, it is a great litmus test. And it made me stop and think because it's totally unrelated, but I, I am, I'm gluten-free and dairy-free and have been for over 20 years. For the first probably five years, and even now, sometimes, but not too often, people would say, like, don't you feel bad asking in the restaurant? I'm like, you mean for the food that I'm paying for? No. <laughs> no, I don't. And it's because I ask nicely. I'm not rude. But it's. I just thought the analogy was great, is that if we can't ask for the small things, then we're never going to we're never gonna be okay with asking for bigger yeah. things. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, we've been told as little girls to be to be nice and to be polite. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching my daughter, don't be nice, be kind, but do not be nice. Cause nice is, is gonna steal your joy until you're 40 years old, probably. I mean, it just it's a it's an archetype we have to outgrow because it's not helpful to teach mm-hmm. little girls to be nice. No, it's not. 
No, it's not. And I, I, we grew up in that era where it was like girls were like, I was, I was too much. I was constantly too much. You talk too much. You do too much. And I, I laugh. I literally make a living by talking now, but <laughs> I know I'm like, be too much. Be too much. <laughs> okay. It's okay to ask for what you want, right? It's okay. It's okay. We don't feel bad or feel guilty for it. So I love it. So right now in your business, as it's growing and thriving, who do you work with and who do you support? Yeah. So we work with nurse coaches. So these are RNs who take a coaching certification and then sit for the board certification from the American Holistic Nurses Association. And they want to go into private practice. So we specialize in the first year and we also have a invite only second year space for nurse coaches for mentorship. And um, it's a really deep transformative space. And um, yeah, so nurse coaches. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have even, I have not, had not even heard of nurse coaches until Sue had connected all the dots. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Um, what led you into that? Oh, the divine, divine things happening. But um, I had my own health challenge. So it's interesting because I'm pretty, I'm been gluten-free for eight years. But mm-hmm. when I was 35, I had, <clears throat> after my, I gave birth to my son, I started having all sorts of symptoms. And so by the time I was 37, I was on 16 medications and the doctors told me it was all in my head and that I was drug seeking. I had fibromyalgia, pain all over, couldn't sleep, anxiety, depression, fatigue, like crippling fatigue. And mm-hmm. and then on those that many medications, no wonder. Right. Went to a, a naturopath, got off dairy and gluten, did some gut healing, took some supplements. And then 16 weeks later, I was off all my medications with like 80%, 90% symptom-free. Wow. And I was enraged. By the way, I was cheated. And uh, at that time, I was working in California for Kaiser, making really great money, highest paid nursing position in the country. Mm-hmm. I was getting paid $100,000 a year to work 24 hours a week answering the phone in a call center as an advice nurse. Okay. And one week I had like six to eight women call in with the same symptoms and I would have been fired if I would have told them how to get better because I had to follow protocols and I knew the protocols didn't work and I knew they just would end up on 16 meds and probably told it was all in their head. And so I, I started looking for something else and I was wanted to go more into clinical practice. Um, and then very quickly realized my knack was for transformation even though it started with the desire to help people transform their health. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's because that's the really transformation is what the path you have walked through. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like we end up coaching and supporting people on the path that we're walking through and what we're learning. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I made money fast and um, I did, I hired a business coach, which nobody else did spent, put it on a credit card, went into debt. Everyone thought I was nuts for quitting my $100,000 a year part-time job that had benefits for my whole family. Um, so I did the, the the crazy and then did well. And all my colleagues kept reaching out to me, asking me, how are you finding clients? How are you doing this? And that's how this company was born. Mm-hmm. And then about a year and a half into to the partnership with my business partner, uh, I realized this is what I'm really good at. This is I, I want to make a thousand of me to do what I did. I don't need to just work one-on-one with clients anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was an interesting evolution of my purpose, but it is fun as hell to to <laughs> empower nurse coaches to to step away if they want to step away and to work twenty hours a week and make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. 
I love it. I absolutely love that because I think that that is, you know, you had to hit a point where it was almost this, um, looking for the word, like the resistance of trying to say something on the phone, but it's not an integrity Yeah, knowing that you could get, you know, you could support them differently, but that's not what your script says. And that level of like, that must've been very challenging time. Was there a time where it was like, okay, I'm just done. Like I, you yeah. just need a day. It was, that was like, you hit I didn't give point. notice. No, I didn't give notice. I just, I was driving home one day and I was like, I'll never drive back. And bless my husband, he could support the family, but he had to work mandatory overtime to support the family. So it wasn't easy on us. And mm-hmm. um, I'd only been a nurse for five years and had spent $100,000 to become a nurse. So it was a little mm-hmm. frightening because um, it was like, I don't know if I'll ever make money, but I can't ever go back. So I got to figure something out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's a, there's that point, I think for everyone where it's like, whatever the story is that it's like, I don't know exactly how it's going to unfold, but backwards is not the option. Right. Right. Gosh. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that, for me, uh, that happened in that way, because I would call it burning the boats, right? Because in entrepreneurship, if you have lots of boat, other boats or ways to make money or easier, softer ways, it's just, in some ways it's harder Mm -hmm. to be successful until you hit that point where the I can't go backwards. It's completely intolerable. I don't care if I sell my house, sell my cars and live in an RV. I'll never do that again. It takes that fortitude, I think, or that starting point to begin to do the heart, the stuff required to create a different reality. Yeah. No, you you obviously have like the grit, the tenacity to see the bigger picture, to decide which, you know, what you're creating and what you want to do with it. And so then you shared how, you know, you spend $100,000 to become a nurse and this is the path that you went. Take us to before you decided to become a nurse. Mm. Um, I was working in the construction industry. I was comfortably numb. I was mm. in a bad relationship. Well, it was an okay relationship. It was better than the last one. The last one was a, a drug addict and a drug dealer. So I thought I had stepped up in the world. Um, and I was probably making 50 grand paycheck to paycheck and honestly would have stayed there because I was comfortable. And then I got laid off. And when I was laid off, it was in 2008 when the all the markets crashed and, and I was primarily working with new construction. So that was how I I, um, I thought, yeah, that's how I, I went back to school to become a dietitian because I had been a personal trainer and I kind of thought that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And then switched to nursing halfway through realizing this was a safer bet, even though I wasn't passionate about it, but you made more money. There's lots more jobs. So I took the the safe path to nursing. Mm-hmm. Mm, beautiful. So you went that direction. Yeah. Now, I would love it if you would take us back to like early, early chapters. Mm. Because I think there's, I mean, anybody who's listening now who doesn't know you is going like, oh, that's so nice. Like, look at all the things that she's done and you have done. But I, I think that some of your earlier chapters, mm-hmm. like what you went through led you to creating the business that you're, that you have created now. Yeah. Yeah. I have an interest. People who know me go, gosh, you've lived a lot of lives. And I go, I know I really have. Um, I was a really good student. Um, I thought I had a perfect family. Um, so really I would say just from uh, anybody would say I had a really good childhood, loving parents. My dad, uh, got two DUIs when I was 12 and went into AA. And then my my parents broke up for a couple of years and we went to go live with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And uh, my freshman year in high school, I was homecoming princess, but never felt popular. I just was nice to people. Um, mm-hmm. 
So there's like some high points and then started partying, hanging out with older people. And by the time I was 22, I was doing crystal meth every day, had gone bankrupt, had my car repossessed and kind of started back at square one. Okay. So I can say just from experience and from people that I've interviewed on the show that even the numbers of people that come back from crystal meth, it's pretty small. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's like less than 5% is what mm-hmm. they say. It's actually really, really small. So how, like, how did you make those changes? Because that's like to come from a space of there to, you know, crystal meth, bankruptcy, all of these things. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's powerful. I mean, crystal for me was, I was self-medicating because I probably had undiagnosed ADD and was, yeah. I'm uh <clears throat> very spiritual. I did medium readings for a long time. So like the mm-hmm. the veil between the spiritual world and the physical world is very difficult for me as a human being to live in. So I think it was just a way out and really predictable actually. Mm-hmm. And why I quit is I had a, a good friend kill himself and it was in his death that it kind of shook me into somewhat sobriety. Then I started drinking heavily. Drank heavily for a year. That was kind of just traded substances to numb and then went into recovery at 25. And in the recovery community, the recovery community is fantastic. I mean, 12-step programs are amazing. They Mm -hmm. are, I think everyone should do 12. We could all do 12 steps. Everybody listening to this, right? I'm actually going to say that. I actually think there's a benefit of that 12 step for everyone. Everybody. It's just like a really great way to live. Like it's so wonderful. So I had my first real big spiritual awakening in the rooms of AA. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my big, my first big, uh, big comeback where I started working in construction and at least taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but my poor parents, you know, like my dad told me the other day, he's like, Laura, you inspire our whole family. Like I, I mean, mm-hmm. choked up and teary eyed. He's like, it's, it's incredible what you're doing. Cause we are mm-hmm. contemplating this vacation. And I'm like, but I really want to take you guys to the, the water, you know, to the beach. Like who cares if it's 30 grand, like whatever mm-hmm. money's money. Like, let's go really have eight days together and, and be where we want to be in the most beautiful place. And he goes, you were, you kind of scared us for a while. I'm like, yeah, I, I was a late bloomer. You know, I just was, mm-hmm. I just, was in fully in my humanness, uh, darkest, dark, dark, dark moments, dark crowds of people. Um, but I have like no shame at all, like zero. And I so respect and love this. And of course it's no wonder Sue connected us, but (laughs) it is not, trust me. Um, because I love to tackle shame topics. Right. And I think that those shame topics, like they live because we let them live. We, We yeah them the power. We give them the, the, the energy because we don't talk about them. And for anybody who's listening right now, like just listen to Laura's story and what you've come through in the sense and recognize that you don't have to carry shame on those pieces. And if you're surrounding yourself with people who you feel make you carry shame, then they're not your people. Yeah. Yeah. No one can make you right? No one can make you carry it. But there are people who are, they live in a world of very much concern, more concerned with what does everyone think than yeah. am I happy? Am I healthy? Am I, you know, that's very much a culture for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I was that, I mean, my early twenties was that it was, and that's so, it's so painful. It's so painful. 
Um, mm-hmm. No wonder people do drugs. No wonder people mm-hmm. are sex addicts or spend money that they don't have. Like, yes, that we have, we can't tolerate that level of pain and discomfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll find a way out and, and every human being will find a way out. And I don't know that we can have shame for, for getting out of pain. No. And it's, it's such a, wow, this is such a interesting and and beautiful topic. Thank you for going here because I know that this is going to help someone else out. So if you have somebody who's listening to this, who is feeling swallowed in shame, but they also feel like, you know, did you have moments where it was like, I think I'm meant for more. Like, I think I'm meant for more. Mm. Yes. Uh, for me, it's been a spiritual walk and that spiritual walk has changed a lot. But um, I be, I think that I'm not religious, but I'll use the word God, but we're all, all God's children and we all are meant for more, mm-hmm. period, end of story. And if we're sitting around with shame, mm-hmm. it's actually pre- pretty arrogant of us to sit around with that shame. Mm-hmm. It's, it's arrogant for us to think that we deserve to judge ourselves. Um, and, and for me, the most practical step, because I remember this moment. Marsha, where there came a point where I wanted to tell another human being everything I had done because I had done so many bad things. Mm-hmm. I And I, I expected them to be shocked mm-hmm. when I told them all the things like stealing and the, the sex and, the, and all the stuff that just unfathomable things that I had been a part of. And the first person that held space for me in a non-judgmental way mm-hmm which is how God sees us. But the first person to to see me in a non-judgmental way healed me in a way that I couldn't have healed myself. So the, if you're riddled with shame or if you've got a secret that no one knows about, those are the worst. They're the worst. Secrets mm-hmm. are the worst. Yeah. Um, find a human that you trust, whether it be a counselor, therapist, coach, um, and tell them, don't burden don't share it share the burden and may in the first person to to express Mm non-judgment will begin to allow you to heal in my opinion and that's what the steps do for for alcoholics and addicts too yeah the first person to express non-judgment could be the person that helps you on that path of healing that first person yeah and then you'll know how to do that for others Mm. this is so this, I mean, obviously it's, I can feel it. It hits home. I know it's going to resonate with so many people. So you've given some beautiful advice. If it is a person who is dealing with the shame, what about if it's a family member watching somebody going through this experience? Mm. Oh yeah. Be the, be the place of Mm non-judgment. And here's the the worst way to handle it. Cause here's the thing. I've got a seven-year-old daughter that just went through a really hard time emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm I had to stop being her mommy yeah. and like go into her this little 7-year-old's room and be like, "Hey, like I don't want to be your mommy right now, but just know that there's nothing you could say that would make me think anything bad of you and I've probably done whatever you're thinking or feeling, I've experienced it 10 times worse mm-hmm. and there's and I don't want to be your mommy, but if there's anything you want to say to me right now, um so you don't feel so alone. Some version of that, right? Like yeah. And if you're a parent worried about a child, yeah. you can't hold non-judgment if you're worried about them in that moment. You just can't. You have to like back away and just hold the space for where they're at. Mm-hmm. And, and coaching training teaches you that, which is wonderful. Coaching training teaches you that, which is probably the most important skill a human being can have. 
I guess I never put those, I never connected those dots, but I can see exactly what you're saying and how powerful that is in really like coaching is about holding space and holding space for someone and helping them to see where maybe their blinders might be, not necessarily telling them what to do, right? But helping them see where those blinders might be. And I, I appreciate you sharing that piece about the non-judgment because I also know we have a lot of listeners who have, you know, dealt with this as a parent and their kids and what do you do? And we have a very, I openly share it, but I have a very, you know, unique relationship with both of my kids, but especially my one son where it's like an open non-judgment. So if you are having these thoughts please reach out. You can talk. And sometimes my husband will sit there and he's like, I cannot believe the things that you guys talk about. Like, I just can't. And I'm like, but that's important. And and I just want to know at the end of the day that I've done everything I can on my end to be that support. But it's always interesting because it's not like there was, that also requires as a person that you do the work so that you're not in that space. Because I can't tell you how many people would say for years, like you made them apologize for their behavior, right? I'm like, no, you want me to reshame them for their behavior? That doesn't support anyone, right? Like we don't need to reshame someone. Um, But I love what you're saying here. And I think like as humans, we could all do a really good job by learning how to be less judgmental of others. Yeah. Yes. And and yeah. every like spiritual guru or or ma- like these individuals that we hold to some level of mastery whether it be Gandhi or Jesus or all these different p- levels of mastery like they all have that. It's like loving non-judgment is is the key that I see that ties them all together and it doesn't yeah. matter if what religion or what spiritual belief no. it's it all ties into that. And I think that in society, in the news, in what we're barraged with, we're barraged with judgment and different archetypes that are the opposite of that. And so it's really like the path less traveled to be the the person who is in non-judgment with people that we don't like, the people we don't agree with. Um, I mean, I'm still working on that. I hope oh my God. Like it's better. not... Yeah. No. And it's, it's so, that's so true. Cause I'm never going to say I don't do that, but I can yeah. catch myself. And as a whole, it's like, you know what, that judgment is, it really just says more about me anyways. And that's yeah. not person. It's not doing anything for them. Um, doesn't serve anything. It doesn't fix anything. It's like, it's a very old paradigm that changes yeah. nothing. Yeah. And it feels bad in my body when I'm doing it. Yeah. And uh, I just, my coach just did a video on this the other day, but he was talking about like, if you want to change the world, practice having an entire 24 hour period with zero, not with no nonviolent thought or all nonviolent thoughts about your partner, like start at home. Cause if you can master it with your spouse, then you can do anything. And it's like, it starts with those like small things. And so me and my husband are constantly working on, I think I got through this entire day without being annoyed by, by you or judging you. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Because that's the person that you see the most. Yeah. That's also the person who unfortunately gets the brunt of yeah. our mood when, because there'll be times I, I talk a lot about ownership, right? And owning your own choices. But there'll be times I will do something, say something, and behave. And I will look and go, like, wow, Marcia, this has nothing to do with him. This is actually nothing to do with him. This is just where you're at right now. And so I think that especially with your spouse and somebody you're around all the time, that's yeah. exactly where you start. 
Yeah, that's grad school, baby. Grad school for non for learning non-judgment is with our spouse at home. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Oh wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that because you've given some really valuable tips in order to help other people. And whether they're in it themselves or they have family who is going through it. You know, I mean, I think we all have to learn as we go through and I know years ago, we actually tried to find a different like Al-Anon program to figure out how, like how to manage this. And my husband was the first to say, we probably went to five, no kidding. And the first four was full of people who were so angry and resentful and bitter about, you know, their relationship with their parent, their relationship with their, and I'm talking like these stories are like 30, 40 years old. Yeah. And it was like, wow. And my, I remember we were leaving once and the person who was organizing it said, you, you're not staying. This is important. You come back. And my husband looked and he said, we need to go somewhere that we can learn how to handle this now because I don't want to carry that for 40 years. Like, I just don't want to carry that for that long. So I think it is this piece that whether it's life or business, that we are continually leading ourselves to better improve ourselves so that we can be in the position to be of the best service for others. Yeah. That's interesting that you had that experience with Al-Anon because my husband, who's he's a recovering sex addict. So he that's another story we didn't tell. But yeah. uh, but he when he came clean to me and we started looking for resources, the resources were not helpful. Like it was so problem focused. It was like re-traumatization, yes. like just constant re-traumatization. And and I, I was like, are we, are we like above this? Like, or are we being assholes? Like, are we, sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on your oh, show, you but 100%. I'm like, are we, are we just thinking we're better than we are? And then he's like, no, because this is, we're, we are past this. Like, we're not trying to be victims. We're, we're trying to heal. Um, I don't feel like we need to keep rehashing it. We're already through that. And then he went to, to SA a few times and he's like, it's, it's just not the right place for me, mm-hmm. but I'm, I know I'm not healed. Like I still want to grow. And he ended up just working with a private coach. Beautiful. Um, so sometimes these spaces are super helpful. And I think they're all different, right? Depends on where you live and and depends on the, the meeting, the day, the group, the it's, they all have a different vibe. Um, but find the one that matches kind of, well, at least the people in the room are kind of like how you want to become. You need some people around you that that it's attraction rather promote than promotion, like that you want what they have. And they, if no one in the room has peace, it might be the wrong room. <laughs> if no one in the room has peace, it might be the wrong room. Yeah. Especially if you're craving peace, right? Not everybody, right? Because some again, some people thrive in that victim mindset. I know I did for a while. I know yeah, I did it's for a while. It is addicting. It's like, it's self-serving that I'm in this position because you don't know my problems and you don't understand how bad it is. Yeah. It's very self-serving, um, but no change happens there. Yeah. Yeah. So surround yourself with people who, you know, I love that. I just like the the term peace because it just, it brought up something for me in the sense, right? It's, you know, what do you want to create? What do you want to do? And surround yourself with people who live that life, like have those values, right? Have those values and live that life. Yeah. And we have to, I mean, we have to be active in that pursuit. My husband and I just moved across the country and we're like looking for new friends, like new yeah. couples to go to dinner with. And um, like, it's almost like we're kind of scouting. We're like, I really like the chiropractor. Maybe we should ask him and his wife if they want to go out to dinner. Like we're, we're trying to find our people and it's hard and it's like, it can't just be the neighbor who invites you over for a beer anymore. Like it's not, it's just not, 
first of all, we don't really drink. And second of all, like uh, it, lots of poverty mindset and victim mindset. And it's like, that's yeah. not, there's no space for that really in our life. So it's really interesting <laughs> to You're interviewing. Yes. Like, Hey, would you want to be a friend with me? Like I, I'm, I'm in the market for friends and you've said a few things and I think we could have a, a really great conversation at dinner. <laughs> oh my God. I love this. It's actually, it's so funny because one of my absolute closest friends moved across country last year. And it's been actually very strange because she was like my person here visit, like she would show up, she would hang out. Um, and it's just been interesting because there's been other people I've connected with and I'm like, no, that's not it. It's just not it. Sorry. <laughs> and it's interesting, right? So this is again, non-judgment. Like, I just want to bring it back to non-judgment <laughs> Yeah. for anybody who's listening. This is not me judging them. This is no. me deciding what I want to be surrounded with. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two yeah. different things. Yep. Yeah. But it's, and, and it's cool to have a partner on the same page. Cause it's like, yeah. And, and here's the other thing I'll say is that like, just embrace being weird. Like I've just decided that I'm probably going to be weird in, in most rooms, in most situations. I, I just went to a, a combat fitness class the other day wearing, um, leg warmers. No one wears leg warmers, but like my legs were cold and I'm just like, it, this is, I'm, I, this is me. <laughs> this is me. Like just be yeah. weird everywhere. And, and be, if you can embrace that instead of trying to fit in, it's so much easier. And like, that's a really, that's a hack. I think it's like, I think it's a big uh, hack deciding to be weird everywhere you go and be willing to make things weird mm-hmm. in different conversations and everywhere you go. Um, and then other people, we're like, I want to be weird too. Like, show me how. And it's like so attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Honestly. Thank you. I love that. Because I always say like, if you show up and be yourself, your people will find you. Yes. Your people will find you and they will, they will resonate. They will connect. And you're, you're giving people permission that, you know what, shop with the damn leg warmers if you want it. Like it cares. It's what you like. And it's what you do. I mean, we saw somebody in the grocery store the other day, just done up in so many different, like it, like, and actually I could see people. I could visibly see people staring, making comments. And my husband looked at me. I'm like, I think that is freaking awesome. Like you do you. I just think it's so freaking awesome. You do you and like unapologetically. And, but that was definitely a minority. I guarantee you from what I was watching from everyone else. Our opinion was a minority. I I love and think that that's awesome that people can show up themselves. Yeah, yeah. Let your freak flag fly. Yeah, and then other people are like, look, she's flying the flag. Like, look, she's right there. We've been looking for her. It's great in business too. It's such yeah. a good hack in business too. Like whatever whatever your thing is, like wear it proudly. So this is, so this actually ties back to business really well that I wanted to do is like allowing yourself to be seen and allowing yourself to like show up authentically as you are. That has been such a driving force in your own personal life that's allowed you to create all the changes that you've had. But I have to believe it's also very important in business because business, like you are allowing your people to find you. So I would love if you have anything you want to share on that. Somebody's listening And especially in this online space right now, where it's like, you can see how everyone else is doing it. And it looks like they're having so much success that you're trying, I'm not saying you, but like people trying to fit in the box or the mold of the coach who's making all this money or all these pieces, but then there's no personal identity. They're not allowing themselves to be seen. So love if you have anything you want to share on that for someone, because this is a piece of what you've done to build your business. Yeah. It's, 
And it's how we teach as well. And the number one thing that happens on all my application calls, we have an 80% close rate. So if somebody gets on an application call, uh, 80% of the time they spend $16,000 with me. And what I hear over and over and over again is, I just love you and Shelby so much because you guys are so real. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I love your authenticity. I feel like I know you. I know you're my person. I, I feel like that we've known each other for a long time. I just love that you're so free and so brave. And so it's a strong personal brand, which is what we have, um, changes as we change. There is no thought. There is no marketing. Mm. Um, it's just us. And and then how can we be have less filters, less masks? That's the work. And if if anybody who runs a business, and it doesn't matter what kind of business you have, if you choose that model, it never goes out of style. It'll change as you change. And it takes the least amount of energy to maintain. <sighs> And it takes the least amount of energy to maintain because there's no being fake. You're being who you are. It's like crystal clear. Yeah. This is this is who I am. I think that's absolutely gold. Thank you for sharing that because yeah. I, again, this mask piece, like I think getting rid of all of it and letting yourself be seen, you will connect with the people that you're meant to connect with. And yeah. I love that you get people who apply and they're saying, I just, I trust you. I feel like I know you. I love how you're being authentic. I want to know how to do that. Yeah. And our our mentor now sold us a $75,000 business mentorship program through Messenger. Oh, I never even had a call with him because I knew cuz I I I'm aware of I can see myself in others. So I knew he was our dude the first time I saw a video and it took 3 months for me to pull the trigger, but I didn't have to get on a call with him. And that's like who does that? Who spends, it's either the best decision of your life or the dumbest thing you've ever done, but so far it's been the best. And um, I just see, you know, in the coaching world, in consulting world, it's like, if you've got a Lamborghini or a private jet uh, in your picture, you're probably not for me, right? Like, and there might be people where that's your people. But I think that if we start trying to make ourselves look more successful too early, it's just such a red flag and people can see right through it. Mm, I love that you said that. And so I think it's more important that you know, like what is important for you and what does speak to you. Yeah. And yeah. I used to, I was a registered kinesiologist for years and I used to laugh because I would see all the spectrum, right? I would see all different people again, observation, but I would see some people who really wanted you to know how much they made. Like they wanted <laughs> you to know. Yeah. And then I had other people who it never came up but I know that they were worth like 10 times what this person was over here. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't important to them. And mm -hmm. I just used to always like gravitate more to the, like the person who was giving back, who was doing something, who was making a difference as opposed to only showing what they had. And again, there's people for everybody. Yeah. But it's important that you know what you resonate with. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and um, there's the, the dark side of that can be being a little too humble or too afraid so there's also the the owning this is who I am this is what I prefer if you like if, if your dream was to have a supercar and you buy a Lamborghini by the way that group of people I'm not that's totally okay yep. that's fine like that's beautiful because that's authentically you yep. but if you're renting a Lamborghini for your marketing shoot like that's probably not going to work as well Mm -hmm. That's the distinction I want to draw because there's nothing wrong if if that's if your dream was to to drive private jets and Lamborghinis but if you're an authentic version of that like be an authentic version of that if that's your jam. Oh, so right. good. So good. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, it's absolute gold. I love it. 
So somebody is listening to this. What is the best way for them to connect or follow with follow or learn from you? And who is your ideal person? Like who is your ideal person that mm. you love to work with? Yeah. So I I just took a, a one-on-one client for the first time in a few years. Um, but I don't have any one-on-one clients. So um Right now, it's just nurse coaches who go through certification who want to create a transformative one-on-one practice or group practice um, and want to make a lot of money and want to quit their job. Those are my people. And my my best performers were like single moms who made it happen. You know, like it's always like the underdogs that just yeah. they because they have no other choice. Yeah. Um, so specifically, if you consider yourself an underdog, definitely you're my people. I, I love I love I walking love you through freedom. Yeah. And then it. I'm most active on Facebook. I'm in my 40s and Instagram is great. I just I can't I haven't learned to mess with it in the way that it deserves to be messed with. So my my handle is Laura Menard RN on Facebook. And um, I post every day. I do things for the community. I'm doing a free call for just our community with my husband this weekend. So I do free things for for regular people. But my primary income is just working with nurses. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing all of that. I love all these, all, everything you've shared with, with the listeners has been so powerful. The journey that you're on and how far you've come and what you're doing. What's next? Mm, Making a decision I, on the trip. Yeah. I'm going to book that. We're doing that. Um, awesome. And I think for me, public speaking is something I really want to do. I've, I, I had a dream about it about 10 years ago, and I know it's part of my journey. So focusing on that skill, learning that skill, finding some stages to be on. Um, and then I'm really interested in um, spirituality. We talked about the 12 steps briefly. And I think the most powerful part of the 12-step program is giving your life and problems over to something larger than you. And it can be universe, it can be God, it can be the stars, it can be nature. But I I, I think that's where my calling is, is mm-hmm. to, to help people with that. And I think that that is so well-timed because there's just, you know, people are caring a lot right now. They are really caring a lot right yeah. now. We've, I mean, I, how have you? How has your business grown or been impacted over these last three years almost now? We grew fast because of our ideal client was in the trenches and really bad conditions. So, mm-hmm. um, but the transformation industry in general has grown. So it's so strange because paying for a coach is like a luxury thing, yet people are paying for coaches because they're desiring transformation. Mm-hmm. So I I I'm a big believer that no matter what the market's doing or the world is doing, there's people getting rich. There is. Yep. Yeah. And so um if that's your desire, there's a way. It doesn't really matter what's happening in the market and real estate, it doesn't really matter. You just mm-hmm. pivot and there's a way to serve and fill a need because basically getting rich is is filling a need really 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 well for humanity. Mm-hmm. in my opinion, in in an integrous way. I guess you, there's lots of ways to make money that aren't integrous, but um, no, it's been a, a blessing to us, which has been amazing. Well, and I also have to believe it's been a blessing for a lot of your clients that are working with you because yes. they, because of the conditions that they were working in. Yes. I can't, right? So like it's, it's a, this is that piece. Yes. Your business can grow. Um, is it Jim Rohn who said that? But like you find people, you find the solutions, you share it and you bring them along with you. Like you show them the way. And so yes, your business has grown, but that's because you've helped so many people create change in their life too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is that there's enough um, to go around. So I'm, I'm just a firm believer that there's always enough clients. There's always enough customers. There's always in, in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always enough. Like if you're, you're willing to help humans with problems that they have, there's, you'll never go hungry. doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Absolute gold. Honestly, absolute gold. I love this conversation. Laura. <laughs> You've given so much value to the listeners. Um, I will make sure that we have all of your connections and everything in the show notes. And I have one more question for you. Yeah. It is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Mm. Oh, this is a, we'll open up a can of worms, but um, my daughter's vaccine injury was the best thing that ever happened to us. Mm. Wow. From a health standpoint and from a learning to not care what other people think standpoint as a nurse. Thank you for sharing that. Is she okay? She is. She is. We're very lucky and thank God for naturopathic care and and all the things that we've done. But that was a a turning point that could have been really bad that turned out really good for our family. It Mm -hmm. was necessary for all of us. I, I can't tell you how many times somebody shares a really difficult experience as the the thing they're most grateful for, that that was a turning point. Like it's more often than not, it is a major point. When I ask that question, it's something that you wouldn't think you'd be grateful for, but it was a key turning point for everyone. Yeah. 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 Yep. We get the, we get the lessons we need and every, in my frame, everything that happens to me is a lesson and a blessing. And it's my job to find it as quickly as possible as it's happening. Oh, Everything, can you repeat that again? Because it's really good. Everything that happens to me is a lesson and a blessing. Mm-hmm. And it's my job to find the lesson and the blessing as quickly as possible as it's happening to me. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. Thank you so much for this conversation. I loved it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.